Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Back to Football podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. It's July the 10th, it's a Wednesday, and I'm joined in the studio by John Miller. How you doing, Dan? I am very well, I'm all good. Uh, the weather's been pretty consistent this week and that always helps, obviously. Uh, over here in London or in the UK, uh, we like a bit of consistent weather. What have you been up to this week? Uh, well, we spoke last week, didn't, didn't we, that I was off to the regatta, uh-huh. uh, the, the Henley Royal Regatta, which uh, was pretty, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> no, it was good. That was, so we went to the Royal Enclosure. Actually, I listened back to the show last week yeah. and I realised I some of the information I gave was a bit wrong about the regatta. So I think I said that it was... Um, like £700 a ticket or something, which is wrong, <laughs> completely wrong. Um, it was, I think that was a that's a total amount for about eight of... Oh, uh, right, scary. okay. Yeah, so, so 90 probably, quid a ticket. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Um, I did think 700 sounded a sounded lot. Sounded a lot, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, um, it better be, wine better be free, which yeah, it won't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, a very nice day. Weather held up. Um, it, was, it was really nice weather, really warm. Um, and yeah, my wife's boss, he was, um, he was very generous, um, kept the uh, pims flowing, kept the bottles of wine flowing. Um, it was about 50, 50 pound a bottle of wine. Really? Um, yeah. What, what's your, what would be your preference between a glass of wine or a glass of pims? Oh, pims. Yeah. Pims all the way. Because yeah. um, it's, it's that fruit juice, isn't it? Uh, so you can kind of keep drinking without kind of thinking that you're yeah, drinking yeah, alcohol. Yeah. So you, know, you just kind of get drunk quicker um but yeah no it was pretty cool so we we did that i guess it was it's one of those events which isn't really about the racing it's just sure yeah, yeah it's, it's just about kind of being i guess it must be for for those that are really into it and mm. there's loads of people in there rowing jackets and sure and stuff like that but like just yeah for the average person it's kind of just about being there enjoying the day you know, yeah, you know, it's got a similar vibe to, to horse racing in that yeah. way because a lot of people that go to horse racing don't follow the exactly. the racing season and they don't know their you know Frankie de Tories from their um, Ryan Moore or Ooh. any of the other you know good um, good jockeys and also beyond that they don't know the stables they don't know the horses so yeah I think it's a similar thing like well yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you beyond kind of Matthew Pinsent Steve Redgrave. Those kind of guys, the rowers. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who the yeah. best rower even, in the world is. Even the is. clubs, like those two guys think... from the Facebook. Yeah, the <laughs> they were quite good. Yeah, um, like and even like the clubs that like, you think Oxford Cambridge boat race, but then like outside of that, like all the different clubs, I couldn't tell you like what they are. A lot of them are like some are universities, some are like just rowing clubs and stuff like that. But it was a really good day. Um, we had some friends which weren't at the stewards' enclosure, so they weren't oh, pushing enough. So we met the other after. side of the fence. Yeah, they were on the other side of the fence. Yeah, so we met oh, up with them after, and yeah, just kept the night going and, and stuff. It was really cool. I saw some stuff on your Instagram story. Yeah, a lot of um, I don't think maybe Sweet Caroline was on there, but that sort of vibe. It yeah, like yeah, the killers and yeah, uh, yeah. fratellis and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it was, was a good, good vibe. It was a good fun. vibe, um, and also. It's my anniversary, wedding anniversary oh, on the congratulations. 7th of July, the Sunday. One year on since your hospital yeah, trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. One year on since the old hernia operation. Um, <laughs> well, that was on the... Well, that was... Yeah, well, the operation was on the 7th. It was the same day. Yeah, yeah. So it was a double, double-edged sword anniversary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one year of 
of that, but also one year of the actual wedding anniversary, which is cool. Which means that this time last year, were you you were sort of in pain on a beach? I was yeah. in pain. It was actually the eleventh, so tomorrow. Okay. No wait, it was the tenth, but that works out as was it today or tomorrow? I don't know. But yeah, around this time last year, I would have been getting on a plane, telling the airport that I had a groin injury playing football because I didn't want to tell him. Because I could barely walk. You were so post I, was, I didn't want to tell him I was playing gear because I was like, you ain't getting on this plane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just told him that I was, you know, semi-pro footballer and I <laughs> hurt my groin. And then I got pushed around in a wheelchair by nice. one of their agents. Um, you know, so that was pretty, pretty cool. Um doing that it weren't cool going through the whole hernia operation and nearly missing the wedding of course um, but uh, um, you know it was being cool being pushed around and yeah so yeah I had a, had a good day uh, with, with the missus um, did an escape room yeah how was um, that I did, one, I did one about a month ago now and that was my first one ever how did you get on what did you think yeah it was really good so we did one called The Mad Scientist okay. uh, which was it was pretty scary some eerie music in the background uh, a sort of um, a, a dead body uh, model uh, on the slab table uh, which we had to, there were some clues there and some bits and pieces like that but it was good we got out 56 minutes uh, three minutes to spare oh, wow. we, we so you, escaped yeah that's yeah. pretty good though I think like because obviously the when I did one it was like 10 of us or something in the room so two of you yeah. there's a lot less you know there's a lot more clues per person to, yeah, to define yeah. it so 56 minutes is yeah, yeah. pretty good you got just in time yeah 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 I'd love to do it again um, you know so uh, maybe we should do one Dan we should maybe do yeah. one together talk about it on the show Where what, what sort of um, what sort of place was it in what was the setting like was it in a build it like yeah. office building or yeah it was almost like yeah like a sort of office building like you kind of rang the buzzer you went up these stairs and yeah. as you're going up the stairs there's loads of pictures on the wall <laughs> of people's times and okay. things like that and you went into this room and then the guy was just there making you fill out the form and, and stuff and then you went off into another room he closed the door and was like well done you're in it if you would give you a few clues on the screen if you're kind of nice. struggling yeah um, I always think it's like it's probably um like you can set up basically an escape room anyway. Yeah. You just need two, maybe three rooms. One's at like a reception area and then one's the actual escape room itself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there must be people that have set them up in their house. Yeah, exactly. Doing what, it as a home what, business. This company, was, I think it was called Knockout or, or something like that, or Locked Out or Knocked Out or something. They um, franchi- franchised the escape room, mm. but when they done it there was only two rooms one was the mad scientist which is one that we did yeah. and the other one was, um, was like jailbreak or prison break I can't remember exactly Yeah. but they had about another two there which they'd actually designed themselves okay um, so that this is basically what they do so they're just like the more they design then they either need a bigger premises or they're going to start to get rid of the ones yeah, yeah they, regenerate yeah, and, yeah, yeah yeah sort of thing so yeah it was it was pretty cool it, you know it was definitely uh, a recommended experience John, John for, would recommend yeah, John, a John would recommend uh, escape room and yeah went out for a nice a nice lunch with the missus and we just thought we'd do something different and it was at papers the first anniversary so it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's pa- a nice paper anniversary it's a nice one you don't have to get Did you get the it, sun or the mirror <laughs> <laughs> more like uh, the metro yeah um, <laughs> the yeah. Me- metro anniversary um so this week, obviously, uh, we will be covering uh, Love Island as usual. Um, it's been—I don't think it's been as 
of as much of an eventful week as it was the previous week. No. But there's still been quite a lot that's yeah. happened. Um, and your draft team has certainly took a hammering oh, this mate. week. Um, we'll Look give it. you a big update on that in a minute. Uh, we're going to go through some of the news uh, from this week. John's got a very quick boxing round. Uh, and then we will be heading back to football for the end of the show. And we have our first ever Mount Rushmore segment, uh, which we will reveal what the... Uh, the, the lists will contain uh, for our for our Mount Rushmore of it's it's a football related one I'll leave it at that uh, and we'll get to that later in the show so let's get on to Love Island straight away um, I think the easiest way to go through this may be to just talk about our draft teams and then we can see who's gone who's uh, who's done well this week um, so John I'll update you these are the people you've got remaining in your uh, Love Island draft squad uh, you've got Anna Michael Ovi, Anton, and Mora. Okay, Ooh. so I think Ovi. Let's talk about him first. He's he's a huge uh, fan favorite. Um, this he guy's is, yeah. been funny. Um, he's not actually kind of attached to anyone now. Um, obviously, he came back into the villa with Anna. Anna's gone back to Jordan. Uh, do you think that was the right move from her? And do you think Ovi played that situation well? Um. I think it definitely was the right move for her because although it was uh, not in a similar way to the Amy and Kurt stuff, but it was kind of hard to watch. You kind of, you, at one point you were feeling sorry for, I was feeling sorry for Jordan. Yeah. And the next minute you were feeling sorry for Ovi. So it was a little bit of a topsy-turvy one. But I think as soon as they had their first chat, when they came back into the villa, it was quite obvious that, yeah, you know, she still had them feels. Yeah. And, um, you know, if he just turned up the gas a little bit, then he she's seemed to back. he seemed to love it. I thought yeah. that he actually got a real kick. Yeah, he thrived off of, that. He, he thrived out of being the third wheel or being having competition, um, or even being Ooh. kind of humiliated a little bit. There yeah. was something in there where I think Jordan enjoyed the fact that he was uh, he was suddenly the underdog yeah. and that he had something to kind of worm his way back into. Yeah, yeah. worm his uh, way. He did. Worm yeah. he did. Um, he, he's back in there. Um, you've got Anton, who's uh, who's doing quite well in his little relationship with um, Belle, who mm-hmm. uh, is the son. I didn't. I'm oh, sorry, the daughter. Uh, hopefully, not the son. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, the daughter of um, Tama Hassan. Yeah, uh, which I didn't realise until no, I did this it. week. Um, and of course, Tama Hassan is. Pretty much, I I know him as being one of Danny Dyer, D A N N Y, the the male Danny Dyer, one of his best friends. Um, apparently, he's in EastEnders, yeah, as well as well, Danny been, Dyer, yeah. yeah I mean, um, and he's been in multiple the business, films, the business, yeah, the business. Yeah. Um, so you would think that Danny uh, D A N I, the female Danny Dyer, was probably pretty good friends with. Bell Hassan growing up. Yeah, I would expect. Yeah, I, mean, that's, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any pictures of them together, but. Um, it kind of proves that maybe the, the Love Island casting circles are pretty slim yeah, uh, when it exactly. actually comes down to it. Um, I have remaining in my draft squad, I've got Amber, Molly May, Tommy, Curtis, Mervin, or Mervin as uh, Twitter refers to him, Jordan, Joanna and Belle. Um, I've lost Lucy this week and of course I obviously previously lost Joe. Um, John... This week alone, uh, lost Amy, Danny, George, and Jordan. Um, so big losses. Not yeah, but I think what's happened is you've lost all your dead wood. Yeah, basically. true. Yeah. No, none of them were going to win it, were they? Yeah, and you've now got um, 
I think your five that that are left are pretty strong. Mora, Anton, Ovi, Michael, Anna. They're they're all probably going to be there or thereabouts at the yeah. final. Listen, if this was trading cards, Dan, I'd be <laughs> trying to convince a few swapsies there. Yeah, I think. Um, Tommy and Molly May on my team. Uh, they're now officially a couple. Um, Tolly May maybe or uh, Mol Molmy. More me, we could call them. Um, and Marvin, I think, will be out pretty soon. Um, Joanna, I don't think, also uh, will last too much longer in the show. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with how my draft uh, situation is going. Um, we should talk probably quickly about Amy leaving the villa. We kind of yeah. called it last week on the show. said that either probably Curtis or Amy would be leaving um, the villa. And of course, yeah, Amy did. Yeah. Um, the way she handled that situation, what did, what did you think about that last night? Did you see it for starters? I did see it, yeah. Um, again, she's been involved in like, probably two of the most heartbreaking moments. Yeah. Um, obviously, her diary room um, talk when she first, um, when Curtis first um, told her he was kind of moving on, and then obviously her leaving, sort of sacrificing her place uh, in the villa. That's the old sacrificial lamb. Um <laughs> You know, so he can thrive and get to know Mora without any looking over his shoulder. Yeah, I think it was very selfless. Um, I we did speak last week, and we did say that, didn't we? That you know, she would potentially walk, and I think for her it was the best thing to do. She fell so deep down the well. Yeah, that I don't think she would have been able to climb out and then move on in the way that other islanders have done in the past and have done in this show. Yeah. Um, well, she didn't have that experience of, of a breakup as no, well. No, exactly. And to have your first kind of breakup on yeah. national television is yeah. just, yeah, not good. Yeah, I think she... Need, and I mean, I've read in the papers this morning that she's, like, not really done any interviews. She's kind of gone yeah. into hiding in Spain. Yeah. So she needs time to heal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I think she handled the situation, like, brilliantly. Um, she kind of went out with her head held pretty high, Um she went out with dignity, which is also, you know, credit to the the show. I think um, cut it and directed it in a, in a way that that was good. And then we also saw because um, throughout the whole thing, or for for the last week or so, Curtis has been really cold and kind of not shown any emotion towards her. Uh, and we finally kind of saw him break down the moment that she left. So I think that that gave us a kind of a look behind the curtain that. Uh, behind the Curtis, uh, that, <laughs> that he'd been um, kind of, I think, purposely putting on this yeah. stone front um, in order to not give her any hope of, yeah. of rekindling that that romance. Um, and obviously, yeah, the moment that she walked away, you know, we had the shot of his lip kind of quiver in there. Yeah, yeah the quivers. Um, and yeah, he really did. Uh, break you know break down and look genuinely upset and I think that was because it was the first opportunity for him to kind of show his emotions but without the risk of kind of reigniting or confusing Amy um so I think both parties in my opinion I think have come out of last night's episode quite well yeah um Curtis can get on with whatever he wants to do Amy has left on on a high, and um, I think it was the right decision from her. Uh, but of course, I hope that things you know things pick up for her. The couple of islanders actually have um, 
teamed up together. Adam Collard, one of them from last season, and Marlon Anderson from Ooh. the season before, yeah. um, have come out today or two seasons before actually for Marlon uh, and said that you know the the show. Josh Denzel as well was one of them. Um, the show's kind of forced them into doing things and, and encouraged their depression. And I think Adam, I'm told, uh, was told that he had to go in and steal someone's girlfriend within 48 hours or he was oh, wow. off the show. So there'll be, I think, some some pressure that the show will yeah. come under to answer these questions. But um, I think it's good that it's in the public consciousness. Yeah, 100%. And it's quite obvious that there is some, I don't use the word guided discovery, but like there's yeah. some kind of like guidance in terms of like talk to this person, yeah. have your conversation over there. Because if oh, some absolutely. of the stuff is just so sort of scripted um, yeah. to a certain degree, I'm like, oh yeah, do you want to go for a chat? Yeah, over there. By yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, in front of the camera. I think as well the, uh, the tasks nowadays are used so strategically to kind of forward the narrative. So yeah. they'll be like, right, here's the task. And basically in order to pass this task, you have to kiss that person that Ooh. you're thinking about that you've you know you've revealed that you have yeah. potential feelings for you have to kiss them in the task and then we'll see where that goes and that it's kind of they really accelerate the narrative yeah um, via the task yeah. and it's also as well on top of that it's kind of the airtime so you, last night I found myself being like oh you know the, um, what's the I've forgotten his name the guy that was with Lucy um, exactly what was his name uh, uh, George <laughs> George um, was like oh you know he hasn't really said anything or you know Marvin hasn't really said anything but then on the flip side of that it's kind of like maybe they've said loads it's just oh, they haven't got the airtime. so when it comes to voting for your favourite islanders or your favourite couples or things like that you're going to vote for the ones that you you see more on the TV than because you're not getting any airtime. You can't really make a decision on someone like Marvin who hasn't really be got, been um, given any airtime. So do you think that the overall winner is almost like gifted it by the show because they've had yeah. all the airtime all Absolutely. the time? Absolutely. Um, and I think in the beginning of the show, the airtime went a lot towards Tommy as well because, you know... Uh, it's hard because if you're the person that goes in and everyone likes, then you're probably going to be in more interesting situations yeah. and more interesting. And that was that was the downfall in the end. I know he, he nicknamed the travel agent and he'd sent various girls home, but Danny going home this week was largely because he'd actually completely drifted off air. And that, and that can only yeah. be presumed that he was in a fairly kind of stable easygoing relationship with Jordan which just wasn't worthy of any yeah. airtime. Yeah. Um and you know once you drift off air on Love Island you're, you're irrelevant. You what's the, when public voting starts who's going to vote for someone they've not seen on TV or yeah, week? Yeah, no, exactly. Um and obviously he had previous but he had no he had no airtime in which to kind of reverse people's opinion on him. Yeah. So he was locked in at that like Yuande Slayer yeah. or whatever yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he never he never had a chance to recover from that. So as soon as voting started, he was first out the door. Um, and that's that. That's that. Um, let's move on to then some other stuff that's happened this week. Um, Boris Johnson, Jeremy Hunt, they were in their final leadership debate last night. Beef. Um, yeah, Boris Johnson is just, really is the, the UK Trump. 
Yeah. I, he just doesn't let people talk. Um, I don't know whether I even want to give him too much airtime <laughs> on the podcast, but um, I'm sure our American listeners will find it hilarious if we do end up with uh, Boris Johnson as our Prime Minister, and that's the way it's looking like it's probably going to be. Mm. Um, best of two evils? <sighs> I don't, I don't probably Jeremy Hunt for yeah I'd, I'd probably yeah. go with the old, old hunty boy I would Jeremy. yeah yeah um, but yeah British politics not in a good situation and uh, not something that we want to dwell on uh, Wimbledon which is yeah. obviously one of the, the f- great exports of the uh, of the UK um, hopefully we'll still have it after Brexit um, <laughs> we had a 15 year old Coco Goff uh, she went cool. out in yeah. the in the round of uh, 16 but she had a great tournament she had a good run um, and I think she'll be a, a force for the future. Uh, Andy Murray and Serena Williams um, have been playing some fantastic mixed doubles tennis. Uh, the final of that will be on Sunday. They're not quite there yet, obviously, but they're looking very strong at this point. Probably the two best serve returners that you would ever see in a in a mixed doubles game. Yeah, uh, and Serena arguably has been the best. Oh, her and Roger Federer um, have been the best two players. Uh, at Wimbledon so far this year um, so we look forward to hopefully those two going all the way in the tournament um, as it progresses uh, my tip for the women's is Simona Halep uh, the Romanian that obviously knocked out um, yeah. yeah Corey Goff yeah um, and yeah I think I think she'll go on she's very you know you just watch she reminds me a lot of Novak Djokovic when they just get into that groove yeah she's in the groove now isn't she? and and you're like this they're just psychologically on an, on another level to any players and and they can really kind of kill like they get that kill mode where they just get one break ahead and then bam like yeah. that person's just dead yeah. uh, so yeah Halep is my uh, my prediction for winning the the women's uh, obviously if she does have a big match up against Serena that that's the one that we all want to see yeah. um, I think on the men's tournament I think Roger Federer is gonna win it you reckon yeah I think he looks insane um, he obviously had that kind of blip that people call it in his career but he had two sets of twins yeah can you imagine having two sets yeah. of twins yeah mate I, um, my tennis game will go right down yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> the little tennis game right? <laughs> um, so yeah Federer is looking majestic as ever I think he's going for his ninth Wimbledon title don't quote me on that don't at me but do obviously add the BTF podcast <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram um, and on top of that uh, our ambassador in Washington uh, has resigned uh, this morning yeah uh, that's breaking news here on the BTF yeah, breaking podcast breaking news um, Donald Trump obviously went on a tirade against Theresa May um, and just the UK government and Brexit and everything Uh, obviously he recommended that Theresa May should sue the EU and that was the best negotiation tactic Um, what do you think about that whole just like going into a tirade on Twitter against a a fellow world leader do you think that's acceptable in 2019 totally unacceptable Um, and there's no precedent for it it's not really been done before has it Um, yeah God, Donald Trump, eh? What can you say? Yeah. It's, it just, there's just no surprises. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't surprise you anymore, anything no. that he does or said. I do think... It's no, that- barely... That's it. It's barely headline news. So the, the president of the United States calling out <laughs> the, pres- the, the prime minister of the UK and saying that they're very foolish and X, Y, Z. 
it's what it's it's headline it you know it's top of the Daily Mail wall of shame yeah. for like two hours until Meghan Markle says no one can take photos of me at Wimbledon and then that's the headline like, yeah. in the past that would have been a diplomatic crisis yeah for, exactly you know the next six months yeah you know UK and, and US yeah, exactly. uh, relations totally are on the rocks now it's like uh, uh, he tweeted that today like he's gonna be yeah. tweeting something else tomorrow yeah no um, exactly he's just relentless with his tweets yeah he's an idiot yeah. I'm happy to come out on record and, yeah, and yeah, say yeah. that do uh, you think politicians should um not be allowed to use Twitter. I don't want to say oh, not um, be allowed, but you know they should be regulated in the same regulated. Way. Yeah, yeah, they should be regulated in the same way that companies are regulated uh, to advertising standards and can't you you know you can say this, you can't say that. Trump should be held, to, and all politicians should be held to the same yeah. standards. You know, you can't just say something and just you know off the cuff mm. uh, and not follow through on it or not have you know references for what you're actually saying because the way that journalists are so lazy these days that they will take a tweet exactly and run with it as as headline news without any because a tweet is seen as a direct uh source now so you know there's that indexical relationship between donald trump's thumb and his twitter account Um, although it's you know it's probably likely not even Trump that's actually there sat typing out the tweets. Um, it, it's uh, I can't remember, but his head of communications, who is his former caddy, um, is uh, said to be his. Yeah. You know the the one actually typing out the tweets, um, but yeah, journalists are so lazy that they will run with that story, and then once it's in the news, it's it might as well be fact. But yeah. it's like the manufacture of information beyond belief. Yeah. Um, so yeah I don't, I don't know where I stand with that I think uh, that it should be regulated a lot more um, John are you ready for a very quick boxing round I am indeed yeah. keep it quick because there hasn't been much going on alright let's go for it then so bell sound here we go right uh, as I just said there wasn't too much going on over the weekend uh, but we do have something to look forward to on the 13th at the O2 in London Daniel Dubois will be facing Nathan Gorman for the British heavyweight title. A title once held by Anthony Joshua mm. and a fair few others. Um, Who's it held by now? Pardon me? Is it held by anyone at the moment? Um, I am not we don't know. too we'll, sure. We'll fact check that. I will fact check that. Um, but it might actually be vacant. I believe it's vacant. I believe it was might have been vacated by um, the juggernaut, um, which I've forgotten his name, that's completely popped out of my head. Um, but you're going to fact check that for us right now. Um, Joe Joyce, I believe it might have been vacated by Joe Joyce, okay. but have a check of that. Um, so there's that to look forward to, which is reminiscent of um, sort of the AJV Dylan White, you know, two young prospects coming up um, and taking a chance really early rather than just taking gimme fights and then only really taking hard fights you know, on your 20th fight. Like, it's, it's really good to see and refreshing to see two young prospects um, go at each other rather than avoid each other um, until later on. So really looking forward to that one. Make sure you check that one out. Um, and also on the same card, Joe Joyce will be in action against Brian Jennings, and that's just a heavyweight uh, bout. There's nothing on the line there. Um, so yeah, that, that's about it in terms of the action to see going forward. Um, just in the news of boxing, um, 
Tyson Fury and Jonte Wilder have announced that their fight will be on the 22nd of February 2020. So that will be a, a rematch. Obviously they drew last time controversially. It was sort of widely sort of, um, widely sort of, um, um, sort of a consensus that Tyson Fury did win that one um, on points, but you know he was away from home, so uh, you know didn't get the decision. So looking forward to that, um, which then probably puts doubt in any Dylan White v Tyson Fury uh, fight, which there was some talk of. Which Dylan White wants all that smoke um, and wants to take on Tyson Fury. They've been going at each other on Twitter. I'm um, not sure if you've seen that, but they've been going at each other. Um, calling each other all sorts of names and uh, revealing what happens in sparring. Uh, as you may or may not know, there's a sort of unwritten rule of what happens in sparring stays in sparring, but both of them have been saying they knocked each other out in sparring, and it's like, who do you believe? Um, my money's on Dylan White. I think Dylan White would beat um, Tyson Fury, and um, I think it he did knock him down in sparring. So um, yeah, th that kind of throws a bit of salt on, on that fight happening. But we do have that to look forward to. And Dylan White will be taking on Oscar Rivas on the 20th of uh, July. So we're looking forward to that as well. Nice, good, solid boxing round. Uh, the I fact-checked it and the, the most recent British heavyweight champion was Huey Fury. Huey Fury, yes, um, yes, I remember I watched that fight on Channel Five. March something, March nineteenth. Yeah. Um, why do they vacate the belt? So Are they, they vacate the belt year? because no, because they they have to keep defending it against okay. um, other people that that of that same level, that yeah. British level. So if Huey Fury was still had the, had the belt now, instead of going for the big fights, which he did against people like um, Parker or um, Pulev. Um, he would have to vacate that belt because um, he wouldn't be able to fight, take on those fights. He'd have to defend his title um, against the likes of Daniel Dubois, sure. you know, uh, okay. Nathan Gorman, and other British British level fighters. Um, and he'd have loads of mandatories for people of, of a lower level if he feels he's above that level. So when AJ held the title, for him to then sort of take yeah. on whoever he wants, um, have a couple of voluntaries, maybe challenge take that belt off Charles Martin, he would have to have vacated that belt, yep. so two other... So the, la the last person to actually defend the belt was Derek Chisora, um, who held it from uh, May 2010 to July 2011. And then the last uh, seven people to hold the belt, uh, were, of which two is Tyson Fury, um, did not complete one defence of the title so they just vacated yeah, it but yeah. Um, but yeah we'll leave that as our, as our boxing segment for this week yes, uh, we know indeed. there's a few listeners out there that do particularly enjoy the boxing segment they do, they uh, do indeed. Uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about next week with the uh, with the fight on the weekend so we'll dissect that a little bit we then. will we will uh, let's go back to football then it's going to be a pretty quick uh, swift round up and then we've got our very um, interesting Mount Rushmore segment so Women's World Cup USA obviously went on to win that they did predicted by me it was yeah um, that's their should've, third should've that their third World Cup <laughs> title uh, and I think they kind of did it in style in the end Sweden beat England in the third place yes. playoff which Phil Neville went on to describe as a nonsense game obviously England won the third place playoff in the, the last World Cup yeah. Uh, and it meant everything to the players so there was a bit of uproar really when Phil Neville comes along and says it's a nonsense yeah, game yeah no, totally um, Phil Neville, guy that speaks a little bit with his heart more than his head. I believe so. Yeah, that's completely 
completely what he's done there. Um, I'm sure those players would have wanted to win that game yep. and get that bronze, bronze medal. Yeah, that Lucy bronze. bronze medal. Yeah. Um, Neymar, uh, he was absent from training this week. He's gone AWOL. PSG. Apparently, he's playing in a five-on-five beach volleyball tournament back in Brazil. Um, he is <laughs> living his best 100% um, orchestrating his exit, yes. I believe. Um, Bits be going back to Barcelona. Yeah, looking like he's uh, he's Messi's preferred um, solution to fixing all of Barcelona's problems and obviously combating uh, a very competent uh, Real Madrid that we, we're likely to see this season, obviously led Ooh. by uh, a certain Eden Hazard, who's joined there. Another man absent from training this week was Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. Uh, didn't report to uh, pre-season training for Atletico Madrid, who, of course, have uh, just splashed out all that money on João Felix. Ooh. $116 million. Um, it's now very much looking like it's a direct replacement for Griezmann. Um, it's just a case of where will Griezmann go? Where, where, where do you think he's going? Um, I think we're going to see a kind of, uh, you know those puzzle games where you have one square free and you have yes. to slide one across yeah, to slide yeah, another yeah. one in. Um, I think once the Neymar um, square slides into the Barcelona space... That's when the Atleti Griezmann then gets to slide across into the PSG role, and he yeah. will become uh, numero uno in terms of uh, or uh, numero un yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, for um, Paris Saint Germain next season. Uh, I could be wrong, but yeah. yeah, I think Griezmann returning to France would be quite a good um, story arc for him. Uh, Griezmann, off the top of my head, is probably 27 now. Yeah. Um, he's had a weird kind of relationship with nationality because he was a, a youngster at Lyon. Uh, he was then taken on by the Real Sociedad uh, Youth Academy. And kind of, he's got a bit of a Spanish nationality to him. He actually sometimes struggles to speak in French wow. uh, because he almost thinks he went to Spain at such a young age. So he spent a long time in, in Spain. Obviously, he's a big hero at the national team level. Um, so returning to Paris will be, uh, I think, big. a kind of a big defining yeah. moment for his identity kind of being accepted back into French football uh, completely. But it's all hearsay at the moment. Uh, we don't know for sure. Uh, my other thing to touch on, uh, which leads us quite nicely into our uh, Mount Rushmore segment, is that Fulham uh, will be playing with only three stands this year uh, as the Riverside stand is being knocked down and, and rebuilt, yeah. um, which is quite interesting um, for a club kind of playing at, you know, championship, yeah. albeit the second league is still maybe fifth, sixth biggest league in Europe uh, to be playing with one kind of, let's say, <laughs> long stand, you yeah. know, one side of the pitch completely out of action uh, should be quite interesting. Tickets, I think, down to 19,000 available this year. Uh, and as a Fulham fan, I'm actually uh, sweating a little bit. Yeah, your season ticket gonna be, Well, not actually. And that's one of the big problems is obviously from the Riverside stand, there's a certain amount of season tickets that... Uh, need to be relocated yeah. so that every, every other fan is kind of on hold at the moment if you're not a season ticket holder um, so yeah it's good. it'd be interesting I mean probably sell out 19,000 every game Yeah, uh, it's just going to be difficult to get hold of those tickets so our Mount Rushmore for today so let's say Mount Rushmore the four presidents up there on Mount Rushmore um, we're going to do our Mount Rushmore of football stadiums, which four football stadiums would feature on Mount Rushmore if that was uh, what yeah. was chiselled into uh, yeah. the cliff face. Uh, and we'll do the kind of the snake draft situation. 
um, as we always do. Um, and John, I'm just going to nominate you to go first on this one and then I'll, I'll follow you in. Right. Um, I'm going to go typical here and I'm going to go for Old Trafford. Oh, right. As theatre of dreams, theatre of dreams, my first one. Some iconic nights at Old Trafford. It's funny, I, it's me saying that as an Arsenal supporter, but <laughs> you know, uh, when at the era when I got into football, you know, United were winning everything. It was almost like a fortress. You know, yeah. you could not Fergie's house. Yeah, it was Fergie's house. I mean, you'd have to play out of your skin to get a result there. They were good on Champions League nights. They were good. Uh, they're in the league, you know, it's it's an iconic stadium. They're, what, are they not, uh, if not number one or number two, you know, sort of richest club and mm-hmm. sort of thing, so... Yeah, um, somewhere in top, top five. Top five, so, you know, United, big club, needs a big stadium, and, yeah. you know, Manchester, Old okay. Trafford, I'll take that. big, big stadium. Take that as your first pick. Um, my first pick is going to be the Maracanã in uh, Rio de Janeiro, it was one of those stadiums as a kid it was always that was like the um the holy ground of football yes, in the world was. um went through that long period of time uh, probably from when i was about maybe 5 years old to like 20 years old where the maracanã was basically derelict and you couldn't actually play in it i remember man united played there in the world club championship and it was like you can't actually even stand in these stands because they're going to fall down obviously it was um Re, uh, refurbished, refurbished, reupholstered uh, for the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, and it was the host or the host stadium for the final of the Copa America this week, in which Brazil uh, won out as three-one winners over Peru. Uh, Gabriel Jesus had a complete meltdown in that game, but yeah, American R, that's my pick uh, for my first pick, and obviously because we're doing snake draft, yeah. I get the second pick, and I think. I was toying with a couple here, but I think I've got to go with the new Camp. Oh, um, took it right out of my way. Everyone's yeah. been there. Yeah. Everyone that's been to Barcelona goes on the stadium tour. Um, yeah, some people are tour, yeah. you know, lucky enough to go and see a game there. I, I saw Barcelona play Valencia there. Um, I think you know so much of uh, its appeal is added to by, obviously, Lionel Messi and Suarez and Neymar and all the great players, Rivaldo, Luis Figo, that have played uh, in the, the new Camp. But yeah, it's a special stadium. And obviously, um, as, a, as a Closet Man United fan, uh, United beating Bayern Munich there 2-1 in 1999 to claim the treble victory uh, is also kind of adds something special to that stadium. So those are my two choices. Right, so I'm going to have to stay in Spain then and then go with the Bernabeu. Um, you know, home to fantastic players over the years um you know from the legendary ronaldo to uh cristiano ronaldo um i'll do that what's that a z Z, yeah, <laughs> that's the worst Z. let's <laughs> go uh, on to that zinedine zidane who uh is definitely in my top three players of all time i think he's yeah he's my yeah. number one yeah honestly. i mean i just i i love ronaldinho um, okay. So it's a toss-up between those two for me, but yeah, it's it's a legendary stadium. You know, uh, eighty-one thousand, eighty-two thousand seat stadium, uh, Champions League final there. You know, if if you're if you're a stadium that's had the Champions League final, you know that's big. Yeah. So they have that that rating system. I think there's like five star stadiums, four stars. It's yeah. like hotels, um, and yeah, it's definitely UEFA five star rated. Um, all the trimmings kind of stadium. Um, 
So that's your is that your first pick out of the, the two you've got now? Yes. And um, next? I, my next pick is going to have to be a stadium which I've probably been to the most, uh, which will be the Emirates Stadium. Uh, typical, yes, I can hear Definitely worth it. Now. I think uh, but, that hand signal meant actually that's good. Yes, but <laughs> as an Arsenal supporter and somebody that um, I don't have a season ticket holder, but I have a few friends that are, yep. so I get to go there uh, probably about four or five times a season. Um, you know the seating is <laughs> alone is unbelievable. Nice cushion seats. Um, you get wherever you are in the stadium. You know you get a good good view of the pitch. Um, you know it's 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 a relatively new stadium. When was it? Two thousand six, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven was the two thousand six seven season was when they moved in. Yeah, it was whenever uh, you stopped winning trophies. Basically. Yeah, that's when we stopped winning. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. No, I say that as as a Mount Rushmore stadium when Arsenal. You know they haven't had. Um, you know, they haven't really won too much, um, you know, since they've been there and the team has been in decline since, um, to be fair. But uh, it's a world-class stadium. And, cool. Um, they, haven't, they haven't hosted any sort of big finals yet. No, they've so not, which is odd. I don't know what the, I mean, what the deal is there, but they used to host, obviously, Brazil when they played their, yeah, like, yeah. home London games or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's not hosted a, a lot no. sort of beyond Arsenal games, which maybe that's a choice of the club to kind of keep it as theirs yeah. and not kind of share it with others but um, I'm going to I'm going to throw out my picks because we we got to wrap it up got to wrap it up um, I'm going to go with the San Siro I think that's a classic I yeah. think that's, that's one your of, last you know, one is it? Uh, i got one more actually oh. i got one more San Siro uh, home of AC and Inter um, a classic a must visit stadium yes. uh, and then I'm going to throw in Craven Cottage as my uh, yeah, fourth. Yeah, so I think I've got to. It's got a lot of personality. It's right by the river. It's very, very London. I think of all the London stadiums, it has the most personality. Um, I've got a few honourable mentions, but you've got one more that you get to throw in. Yeah, I'm just going to throw the Allianz in there, you know, just move okay. it around a little bit. Uh, you know, iconic German stadium, hosted Champions League finals, yeah. big players play for Bayern Munich, times against us, so I'll stick st- keep it moving but yeah I'm going to throw that in there yeah so my honourable mentions uh, that I've got um, I did have the um, the Alliance was on there a few German stadiums actually Signal Iduna Park of uh, of Dortmund obviously with their the wall the yellow yes. wall uh, where players uh, fans rather get to stand up um, I've got a few odd ones in there the Yankee Stadium obviously home to New York City FC um, that's quite a quirky one the Stade de Louis in uh, Monaco obviously yeah. used to be hope, home of the UEFA Super Cup every year yes, yes. synonymous with that very rarely even sells out even the season that they finished like second in the uh, Ligue 1 and mm. got to the Champions League final they still weren't selling out because obviously those people in Monte Carlo yeah. have uh, better places better to be places to go, yeah. um, the Mestalla yeah, the Mestalla in Valencia, that's a great one. Uh, I've got the Olympia Stadion in, uh, in Germany, of both which uh, Berlin, uh, the 1936 Olympics, Hitler's Olympics, uh, Albrecht Speer, the main architect on that stadium, yet the stadium is still uh, a five-star UEFA yeah. stadium <laughs> and hosts all level of, you know, it's got that blue athletics track around yeah. it, hosted the 2006 World Cup final. Uh, and also the Olympia Stadion in uh, Munich, uh, the 1972 Olympics, uh, obviously famous for uh, the the incident with the Palestinians and mm-hmm. the Spielberg film uh, thereafter. Um, that stadium, obviously, also where England beat Germany 5-1. Yes, indeed. Um, and it had that crazy uh, like awning almost over like half of the stadium. Yeah. You remember it yeah. well? It looked a bit like a Butlins or yeah. a, um, <laughs> something like that. Um, I've got the Sapporo Dome. Do you remember that from 2002? 
No. England versus Argentina. David Beckham scored his penalty. Yes. And it was an indoor arena and you could slide the pitch in and out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. Funny good fact is that England are going to play Tonga in the Rugby World Cup uh, on September 22nd in the Sapporo Dome. Wow. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. And my final uh, honourable mention is Spurs' new stadium, which no, no, everyone no, no, tells no, me no, 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 is no, 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 no. absolutely I'm incredible. interrupting you right now. <laughs> no Spurs stadiums uh, will be <laughs> yeah. mentioned and does not deserve a Mount Rushmore contention at all. Um, no, no, thank you. But it's in there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that concludes our Mount Rushmore for this week. Sorry, it was a, a little rush towards the end, uh, but we've both got places to be and things to be doing. Right. Um, thank you for listening to the show this week. And obviously, thank you to all of you guys that have listened to all 10 of our opening shows. Uh, we really should probably... Uh, get some sort of prize or merch for someone that can actually prove that they listen to all 10 yeah um but yeah we do appreciate guys listening and uh, if you'd like to uh, get involved with the show at this point please do just uh, drop either john or myself uh, a message and we'll do our best to get you as either a phone-in guest or you can maybe come into the studio with us um which would be amazing we'd enjoy that uh, john have a great week um, you too see you same time next week same time next week <laughs> There we go. See you later. Perfect time to end. <laughs>